0: You're listening to the Forefront Church Podcast in New York City, where our vision is to see lives, neighborhoods, and our city renewed through Jesus. Come on. Sit down. Have a seat. Have a seat. Caspian, you ready, buddy? All right. I got to start by asking everybody, what do you want to be when you grow up? What do you want to be? All right. What would you like to be? I like to be a, pet doctor. a pet doctor. That's a good one. It's called a veterinarian, right? How about um, Danielle? What do you want to be when you grow up? A Mets fan. A Mets fan. That's a very good one. <laughs> I'm proud of you. You know what I wanted to be when I was grew up when I was little? What? An elephant. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Oh, I'm not an elephant. It never happened. I'm really disappointed. Uh, we're going to read a story about three trees. And we're going to read a story about three trees and what they wanted to be when they grew up. Are you guys ready to listen? Yes. Let's do it. Let's read the story about three trees. Once upon a time, three little trees stood in a forest high on a mountain, dreaming of what they would be when they grew up. And if you want to look at the pictures, there's the pictures. Okay, guys? I'm in the way. The first little tree looked up. At the stars twinkling like diamonds in the sky and said, I want to hold treasure. I want to be filled with gold and decorated with jewels. I will be the most beautiful treasure treasure chest in the world. The second little tree looked down the mountainside at the ocean far below and said, I want to be a strong sailing ship. I want to travel mighty waters and carry powerful kings. I will be the strongest ship in the world. And the third little tree said, I don't want to leave this mountaintop at all. I want to grow so tall. That when people stop to look at me, their eyes will raise up to heaven and they will think of God. I want to be the tallest tree in the world. Which one is the best one, you think? Oh, boy. The third? All right, well, let's find out. Years passed, the trees grew, and one day woodcutters came up to the mountain. And one woodcutter looked at the first tree and said, This tree is perfect. And with a dozen swoops of the axe, the first tree fell. Now I shall be made into a beautiful treasure chest, thought the first tree. I shall hold marvelous treasures. And another woodcutter looked at the second tree and said, This tree is strong. It's perfect for me. And with a dozen swoops, that second tree fell. Now I shall sail mighty waters, thought the second tree. I shall be made into a strong ship fit for powerful kings. The third tree felt its heart sink as the last woodcutter approached. It stood straight and tall and pointed bravely towards heaven, but the last wood cover never even looked up. Any kind of tree will do for me, he said. And with a dozen swoops of his axe, the third tree fell. How do you think the first, third tree feels? Yeah, sort of like what happened to me when I didn't become an elephant. Yeah. The first tree rejoiced when the woodcutter took it to a carpenter's shop, but the carpenter was not thinking about treasure chests. Instead, he cut and carved the tree into a simple feed box. The once beautiful tree was not filled with gold or decorated with jewels. It was covered with dust and filled with hay for the farm animals. The second tree rejoiced when the woodcutter took it to the shipyard, but the shipbuilder was not thinking about mighty sailing ships. Instead, he hammered and sawed the tree into a simple fishing boat. The once strong tree was too weak to sail the ocean. It was taken to a little lake where every day it carried loads of dead, smelly fish. The third tree was confused when the woodcutter took it to the lumberyard where it was cut into strong beams and then left alone. What happened, the once tall tree wondered. All I ever wanted to do was to stay on a mountaintop, grow tall, and make people think of God. And years passed, and the three trees nearly forgot their dreams. But then one night, golden starlight poured over the first tree as a young woman placed a newborn baby into the feed box. Who was that baby? Who? Jesus, you're right. The mother squeezed the baby's hand and smiled as the starlight shone on the clean and shining wood and said, this manger is beautiful. And suddenly the first tree knew it was holding the greatest treasure in the world. And then one humid, and cloudy day, a tired traveler and his friends crowded into a small fishing boat and the traveler fell asleep as the second tree sailed quietly out into the lake. But a thundering storm arose and the second tree shuddered knowing that it did not have the strength to carry so many passengers. But the tired traveler awoke. He stood up and he stretched out his hand and said with a strong voice, peace be still. The storm stopped. And suddenly the second tree knew it was carrying the king of heaven and earth. And then one terrible Friday morning, the third tree was startled as its beams were yanked from the lumber yard and it flinched as it was carried through an angry and jeering crowd and it groaned as a man cried out in agony and died and it felt ugly and harsh and cruel. But at the next Sunday on that Easter morning, the earth trembled with joy beneath that third tree. And what did that third tree find out? That God's love had changed everything. It had made the first little tree a beautiful treasure chest. God's love made the second little tree a strong sailing ship. And every time people looked at the third little tree, they would think of the gifts of God. And that was better than ever being the tallest tree in the world. The end. (laughs) Okay, now you go away over here. And I'm going to tell the adults a story now. Adults, I have a story for us. We're going to keep story time going. This story is a little bit more like um, Gladiator or 300 or Game of Thrones or something. Uh, It's about kings. It's about Maccabees. Raise your hand if you've heard of Maccabees before. So the Maccabees were these kings that ruled over Israel, and they ruled incredibly well. And they ruled Israel in this time of peace for most of, the, uh, most of this time. One of the kings that we're going to talk about today was named Jonathan. Good name, right? I know. Jonathan was this incredible king. He created an alliance with Sparta and with Rome. That's kind of incredible, right? So uh, Rome wasn't always this terrible oppressor. They were friends with Israel. And so while this uh, um, alliance was there, uh, Jonathan the king created these wonderful walls, these beautiful walls in Jerusalem. The temple was amazing. Um, It was this giant, like, beautiful temple. And there was all this peace, right? But away from Israel, in a place called Syria, there was a hand of the king. And his name was Trifo. Isn't that a good name? Like a good evil name? Trifo. And Trifo had plans, and his plan was to assassinate the king of Syria and to take over as the king of Syria, and then um, to also take over Israel. So Trifo had this plan, right? So Trifo's plan was this. Trifo was like, I'm going to invite Jonathan, the king of Israel, to Syria, and I'm going to trick him. So he invites Jonathan, the king of Israel, to Syria, and he has this lavish banquet for him and like showers gifts upon him and tells him how great he is. And and Trifo says, you know what? Jonathan, we want you to be our guest for a long time. And so Jonathan goes, that's great. And so Trifo goes, you don't need your soldiers here. We'll protect you. Send your soldiers away. So Jonathan sends 4,000 soldiers back to Israel. And when that happens, Trifo strikes. He kills the remaining soldiers that are left. He takes Jonathan hostage and he sends a note to Israel saying, If you don't act now and help us defeat the king of Syria, we're going to kill Jonathan. Well, there's a guy, Simon. Simon was Jonathan's brother. And Simon was scared to death. So he sends this money over to Syria, but it was all a trick, it was a ruse. And the trick was this Jonathan was already dead. And this money was used to help assassinate the king of Syria. Trifu becomes the king of Syria and then starts going after Israel. So Simon's sitting there like, my brother just died. I'm the brand new king. What am I going to do? And he goes, you know what? I got these allies. I got Sparta and I got Rome. So he goes and he tells them the story. And Sparta and Rome are like, don't even worry about it. They're like, we'll go to Syria. You just stay here and protect whatever you need to protect here in Israel. And so Sparta and Rome go and defeat Trifo. They kill Trifo. They bring down that whole, that whole uh, kingship. And then uh, Simon stays in Israel, and a few people come and try to raid, and they defeat those people there. And Israel is thrilled, and they're celebrating, and there's independence. And this is what the book of Maccabees says. Now, the book of Maccabees is in um, the Apocrypha, so it's in some of the Catholic Bibles. Uh, but it's a historical account of Israel. And this is what it says uh, in Maccabees. It says this. On the 23rd day of the second month in the year 142 BC, there was a great celebration in the city because the terrible threat to the security of Israel had come to an end. Simon and his men entered the fort singing hymns of praise and thanksgiving while carrying palm branches and playing harps and cymbals and lyres. And Simon issued a decree that day that this should be joyfully celebrated every year. He strengthened the defenses of the Temple Hill on one side facing the fort and he and his men made their headquarters there. Is there anything in there that sounds familiar to you? What? Palms. 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 Now, Temple Hill has another name. You know the other name for Temple Hill? It's also called the Mount of Olives. How many people have heard of the Mount of Olives before? All right. So if you are someone living in Israel, and all of a sudden Simon comes in and defeats these people... And then strengthens Temple Hill, or the Mount, Mount of Olives. The Mount of Olives, uh, they, they probably would have been remembering Zechariah, the prophet Zechariah, who said when the, when the Messiah is about to come, when we're preparing the way for the Messiah, this is what's going to happen at the Mount of Olives. Uh, this Messiah will stand on the Mount of Olives to the east of Jerusalem. And then the Mount of Olives will be split in two from east to west by a large valley and half the mountain will move northward and half of it southward and you will escape through this valley that divides the mountain in two and you will flee as your ancestors did. But the Lord my God will come bringing all angels with him. So here we go. Temple Hill is the Mount of Olives and all of a sudden it's fortified and strengthened. It's ready for the Messiah to come. It's ready. But we have one issue. This is the issue that we have. There's another king, his name's Demetrius, Demetrius II, he's the Roman king, and he comes in, he says, I don't want any more allies, I want to create an empire, and so he comes in, and he takes over Israel, and when he comes in, and he takes over Israel, he comes in, now they had killed 5,000 men, comes in, takes over Israel, and with these 5,000 men, uh, they come in first, the king comes in first, then comes a bunch of people playing harps and lyres, then comes a bunch of people who who stole like all the loot. So you have like the gold that was stolen and you have everything else that was stolen. And then you have the, the women and children and soldiers who were captured and hurt. And then finally, you have all these people in the back and they're waving and they're cheering. And what are they dropping on the ground? Palm branches. They're dropping palm branches. This time for a very different reason. They're dropping palm branches because the Romans have just taken over Israel And so now we're waiting. And it's been a hundred years since this has happened. And Jesus shows up. Jesus shows up. People have heard about Jesus. They heard about how he raised Lazarus from the dead. And they heard about Jesus. They heard about how he had healed other people. He's got this really, really big following. And all of a sudden, here he comes. And he's riding into Jerusalem. He's riding up to the Mount of Olives. This is exactly what they talked about. We're getting excited. The mountain's going to split in two. Jesus is going up there. Independence for Israel. It's going to be incredible, isn't it, right? What do people drop on the ground? Palm branches. Palm branches. And Jesus does go to the Mount of Olives. You know what Jesus does at the Mount of Olives? He prays. Father, if you are willing to take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. And an angel of heaven appeared to him and strengthened him, and being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly And sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. The truth of Palm Sunday is this. We don't get what we want. Let's sing that Rolling Stones song. We're not always going to get what we want. We're not going to get victory. We're not going to get the revenge. We're not going to get the power. We don't have the might. We don't have any of that. We're not going to get what we want on Palm Sunday. We don't. We're not going to get uh, uh, you know, the disciples coming together to break Jesus out of jail. Okay, they, In fact, they scatter, they go, they leave. We're not going to get Judas changing his mind. He's, he's going to appreciate Jesus. We're not going to get uh, uh, you know, um, Pilate saying, oh, you know what, go ahead, we'll just let him go. We're not going to get that. We're not going to get what we want. We're not going to get on Palm Sunday uh, soldiers saying, hey, that was too much. That's enough. Leave him alone, let him be. We're not going to get that on Palm Sunday. On Palm Sunday, we're not going to get a a protest or people sticking around and saying this is unfair we should have crucified Barabbas instead no we're not going to get that on Palm Sunday on Palm Sunday we don't get what we want we enter joyfully and then we take this weird drastic shift, turn, something we don't get what we want we get what we need and what we need is coming we just gotta wait a week so I told a little lie, a little white lie. Because that wasn't the end of the kid's story. And so sometimes we just need to, to simplify. Mind of a child, we're not getting what, I want, what we want. And this is how the story ends. It reads this. It simply says, the next time you feel down because you didn't get what you wanted or plans didn't go as they should, sit tight and be happy because Sunday's coming. That's the end. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that we can enter with shouts of joy. But Lord, uh, uh, thank you that you also give us this time of of a little darkness and a little not getting what we want, and, and maybe having different expectations, and, and really fighting and coming to grips with what this Christianity thing is all about. Thank you for giving us time where we can doubt, where we can scatter where we can betray, where we can hurt. And Lord, thank you that your grace covers it all. Thank you that your blood covers it all. And thank you that when we're struggling and we're in a dark period, thank you for letting us know that Sunday's coming. We pray this in your name, amen.